0: Welcome to Journey Through the Eyes, the EMDR podcast, the podcast that is here to unveil and explore the and power of EMDR therapy. Here with uh, Journey Through the Eyes podcast, our mission is to empower, support uh, amazing, both seasoned and new clinicians with those critical conversations and those resources so that they can get on their journey of growing and becoming the amazing EMDR therapist they're here to be and build their amazing practice. And so I am here with you. I'm your host, Tamira J. Brown, licensed professional counselor and EMDR trained therapist, here in San Antonio, Texas. And I have my amazing co-host with me, Miss Kathy Couch.
1: Hi, everyone. I am Kathy Couch. I'm out here in Twin Falls, Idaho. It's funny. I'm a therapist with the last name Couch. Yes, it's true. Uh, (laughs) um, And Tamira and I, I beautifully said Tamira on. the seasoned and new therapists and building our private practice. We want to kind of the mission is to guide EMDR therapists and um, build our practice. And today we have a wonderful opportunity to spend uh, to spend time to spend specific time with our leader, uh, Lizzie Wiggins. Uh, She's a wonderful leader, wonderful mentor, very kind person in my experience. just personally, we've had a difficult time trying to find EMDR trainers that um, align with our mission to support people and help them learn without um, shame or what we've talked about on the, the test with the Red Ocean, where we're all competing, there is enough mindset. So we love her for that. Um, and being able to help us along the way, feel like there is enough and you matter and you're involved with this. So um, we really appreciate her for that, and um, I'm just gonna I'm getting a little teary, y'all. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And that's what we want to do here on the podcast is be real. So uh, I'm just gonna kind of turn it over to Lizzie, and then we're gonna talk a little bit about her experience and becoming. Uh, who she is and and then we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, what is EMDR with our expert here because she is an expert she's done a lot of uh, training and education she developed her own curriculum you all she's awesome and we're very proud of her for that and then she's going to throw in some uh, information on polyvagal theory as well so I'm just going to turn it over to her and let her introduce herself.
2: Thank you so much, Kathy. I uh, I feel all of that, and I'm so blessed that we've all connected. I think we have similar soul journeys that we're yeah. on, so it's really nice to be able to be here to talk about our shared passion and and promote healing and um, shared growth. So thanks so much. I'm Lizzie Wiggins. I am an EMDR, EMDRIA-approved EMDR trainer, and I am the CEO and owner of EMDR Restorative Consulting, as well as uh, my practice for therapy, EMDR Restorative Therapy.
1: And she has um, experience, uh, she just left her group practice, right, this week? Yep and is going solo and um, kind of doing that. So, Lizzie, can you start with us? Maybe talk about maybe how you came into EMDR, how you got into basic training, and kind of your experience um, leading up to becoming a trainer. When did that
2: start, and what was that journey like for you? Yeah, I'd love to. Absolutely. So, I knew that I wanted to be a trauma therapist when I was in sixth grade. So by the time that I was in middle school, I took my first psychology class and kind of, I think, related to my own trauma history, found a lot of passion in the idea of helping others heal. And so I started to look into psychology and different modalities and then of course, in college and grad school, looking into juvenile delinquency and the systems that create that, looking into gang culture and the trauma and lack of resources that contribute to those things, Mm
1: -hmm. really
2: trying to get the big picture trauma systems approach in mind. And so trained in trauma-focused CBT, Then after graduating, trained in CPT and got certified in both of those and really, really loved being a therapist and felt like there was more.
1: And were you uh, doing those practices out there in Arkansas where you were at? Or were, mm-hmm. were different? Okay, because you're in Arkansas, I'm in Idaho and Tamira's in Texas. So
2: <laughs> Yep. Yes. So that was I started out in Arkansas born and raised and uh grew up in Conway, but Little Rock was where I started practicing and those sorts of things where I took where I was in grad school and got my feet wet.
1: <laughs> okay, so then you were doing uh some of those modalities and can you walk us through sort of the curiosity? yeah, you
2: to, to
1: <clears throat> the MDR journey
2: for sure. So one of the curiosities was honestly noticing that my clients were still struggling. and this idea of telling our clients, if you'll talk about it, it'll get better, right. but but worrying that I was creating harm in having clients just talk about their trauma. And so that was a piece that concerned me was, if I have someone sitting in front of me and I'm telling them that this will help, but then I'm noticing that it might be re-traumatizing. That was was hard on my heart to see.
0: Yeah. Oh, Lizzie, you said something that I think is absolutely um, beautiful and very transparent, that for me, as a therapist that is rising in EMDR and all the things that we need to talk more about because that is that was what's on my heart and I can so resonate with that is coming out of grad school and having all these things in the true heart of a clinician that is and I don't know if this resonates with you it's almost like for me the work we do is not like just work it's a calling and so know you you're you you want to make sure you're helping and not hurting and i too can you talk what was that really like for you lizzie if you're willing to go there a little bit on when you were seeing the clients with all these trainings Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah yeah
2: so thank you for that uh i i I hear what you're saying and I am I resonate with what you say. And I think a lot of it was, and I'm thinking of a particular client that I just loved so much and still love. Um, <clears throat> she was an 11th grader who had been through complex trauma and was still exposed to trauma in her home environment. And she and I developed really great rapport. She had had a lot of guards up and she trusted me wholeheartedly. And there I was trying to do narrative therapy with her about one of her most painful experiences related to her biological mother. And I convinced her to do it because she trusted me. And I'm not sure that it was what she needed.
1: I had the and same thing. Watched too.
2: her body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, I um,
1: had a group, uh, so there was an evidence-based intervention I used <clears throat> for parolees, and it was a trauma-focused intervention, and I, I always tell this story of, like, we go in and we do the coping skills and the tools, and they're asked to, you know, do those family sessions um, with the family member and talk to them about their history and amends, and then also do some narratives that they share in the group, and I just felt like after that, that's also my why is because I felt like their brains were open when they yeah. the session and I
0: didn't know how to close it. Tamira, do you, you know, can I, if we can hold space and I know that we've got people we've served from all walks of life, but right now in my heart, the clients that come up and I say clients, because. I started this journey using the talk therapy models, right? And that are amazing and powerful in the substance abuse setting. Okay. So, Lizzie, when you were speaking, the thing that came to my mind, because in that setting, even though we've made so many strides, it's such a brazen way to help those beautiful souls and people to heal. And I noticed as someone like you, Lizzie, and I celebrate and I appreciate and I sit with you, stand with you as someone who's both been in the student trainer and the seat getting help to deal with my own stuff and I'm sitting with these amazing human beings who are judged for their substance abuse, addiction behavior for their trauma. And they're really trying. And then they're in this environment that demeans them. And I'm looking at this and I have no language. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like, and you know how, or I'm going to say what I did and maybe you ladies can resonate. I, processed that and took that as I wasn't doing my enough mm. and I wasn't good enough because of mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was so much Lizzie
2: yeah. as
0: you are catapulting us into this beautiful journey there was I didn't know there was more and like you I had a feeling but for me and where I come from I didn't see it at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How did you get? It, to... oh, go ahead, Liz. I was someone who constantly strove or sh- I tried <laughs> to be someone who is evidence based. And so at the time, I was trained in the therapy of the time, right? <clears throat> the things that we were told would heal. And, and I did see some progress to some degree, but you're right. Like, unless we know that EMDR is out there, unless we yeah. know that there's a kinder, less potentially harming form, then we keep doing it in these old ways and clients may get better to some degree, but not in the same comprehensive way that they can and, and the safe way that they can with EMDR.
1: So, how did that moment lead you to explore of that option?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, essentially, because that part of me mm-hmm. that wants to learn and wants to be competent is always striving to learn what the best way is. Right. I came across EMDR, and I—I'll be honest, it. It sounded strange to me, and I wasn't sure that it was evidence-based at the time, but I didn't want to potentially cheat clients and myself out of something that could be really amazing. And so I went into the training. Do what? How long ago was that for you? That was in 2016.
1: 2016. So then you went to the training. You found an EMDR Mm -hmm. training. You kind of decided and had heard about EMDR and thought, oh, I want to go and learn about this other way. Yeah. Is that sort of how that happened?
2: Yeah. And, and I was lucky enough that I worked in a um, hospital setting or in an education setting. And so I was able to have that paid for. So that was a huge blessing and had the time and capacity to devote to it. Mm-hmm. And so I did that basic training and, and went through the consultation calls and started to get my feet wet, I think, with EMDR
0: at that point.
1: So when you, I'm curious about this. Uh, Tamir, do you want to go? Do you have something?
0: I want to just ask a really juicy question right there. (laughs) What was that like for you, Lizzie, going from being the top therapist? That's what I was (laughs) going to ask, yeah. the EMDR therapist or trained therapist? Yeah. What was that like?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Good question. So I will say that because I started out from a trauma lens perspective, that helped me a lot with the shift because I was able to use some of what I had identified as talk therapy in that that strong connection with the client and validation with the client and apply that to something different. And so... I think that piece helped quite a bit, but it was a transition, of course, to not always be the one talking. I have a
1: question for you. I think when I went through my EMDR training <clears throat> um, and the practicum component, that's what really sold me on EMDR because I myself could feel the shift. And that's one of my talking points when I kind of share that with With patients, have you, did you have similar experiences in your own practicum or Tamira as well
0: that kind of sold you on that? You know, Kathy, when we talk about, you know, in that regard for me and how I took the leap, you know, I mean, unfortunately for me, I wasn't necessarily a pleasant experience. It was really someone who said I couldn't, that it was out of my reach. Um, And it was someone who had done the training and who knew how to do it and basically said, it's too much for you. And mm, I'm so because, sorry. Yeah, and so I, and I know that, and I'm hoping that you two beautiful ladies that will be able to, you know, have a beautiful conversation because it happens. But to be able to sort folks like me who again, I because I am who I am, I didn't stop there and <laughs> I have to go do so. Lizzie, I heard you too the competence, but also the curiosity. I needed to find out what was being said like, what do you, right. what does that mean? And what is that? Okay. Yeah. And then that is how I ended up, you know, on this amazing journey and so grateful for the lesson and to be here. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's important to know because later in my journey, I noticed blocks as well. And that's a lot of why I became a trainer is to try to stop those blocks. Um, But Kathy, to answer your original question, I was lucky enough to have a really great practicum partner. And yes, we were able to feel that change in our nervous systems and I was able to do some work in that practicum and that's what sold me is if I can feel this difference in a weekend yeah how could I not do that for my clients
1: and if you're listening and you're curious about doing EMDR the reason I asked Lizzie that is because you get an experiential component in this training I heard the clinicians in our training that we just did, and they, some of them knew there was a practical component, but you really work on yourself and your own stuff to be able to do what Lizzie just said, to shift it, to have that lived experience, this adaptive information in your own brain so that, you know, you can um, explain it to them. And I think sometimes I tell them it's a whole, my patients, it's a whole thing. You don't have to know all the parts, but just know that it works
0: and give it a chance. And I love this, and I love this space, and I think that if it's okay for us to put this word on the table, because it's the one that keeps ringing, when you talk about, right, that journey, both of being, you know, a therapist trying to discover how to best serve your clients, and we learned that just dealing with the mind and the emotions alone wasn't helping is what we're really saying, right? It was effective, can be, but we had to really begin to realize something was missing. And what was missing was the body. And that is where we get the yep. holistic. And that's the hope I have it for us as well. As we are having these conversations about EMDR, that we are bringing in the holistic conversation, not just for potential clients that may come across this, but for the amazing new and even seasoned clinicians yeah. who are afraid to say, I'm not my clients I'm getting the results, but I'm going to hold on to them because I got to prove, <laughs> uh, okay, this got to work, but really it's okay. <laughs> right? Those therapies do what they are designed to do. And you do get to find one, but the beautiful thing I have learned to embrace is still processing is the holistic component that I know you're going to talk about. And how does that holistic component help us serve people who may be, uh, Uh, you know addiction or complex traumas like you mentioned a client you worked with can you talk to us a little bit about that
2: yeah absolutely well said and and I do think it's that that felt sense that body that those somatic symptoms that get encoded by trauma and I think that that's The key is knowing that, yes, EMDR helps with reframing and helping the person to express emotion safely. And it does that in a way that soothes the nervous system and allows them to be safe or safe enough to do this trauma work without becoming so out of their window, as we say, or becoming so intolerably dysregulated that they can't continue the work. And so, one of my pet peeves is when I hear people talk about how rigid EMDR is. Oh yeah, Uh, yeah, right. Like it's too structured for me. Well, then I would love to share my experience and the way that I train. Uh, people in EMDR, because it's, it's anything but. Yes, we have scripts that guide us through particular phases of healing, but those scripts facilitate connection. Right. Those scripts facilitate us being able to have the client be in their body and be okay, or okay enough. I have two things. so, Yeah. I have two
1: things, we I call that a semi-permeable parameter. <laughs> I learned that way back when I went to school 20 years ago on my boundaries class, but it's, you have a structure, but it's permeable. You can go in and out and it's okay to deviate as long as you know what you're deviating from. And yeah. so um, I have that thought. And then I had the other thought that just
0: left me. So, you know, if uh, I can share this because I'm thinking about, you know, the new and anxious curious you know therapist and what we're saying and listening to how you beautifully and powerfully talked about you know just how the trauma in other words can live in our and even our clients bodies and it's interesting to me Right. You know how the more I don't know what it's like for you ladies, but it's almost like the more we do, the more I do EMDR, it's like almost you become one with it to be able to do that weaving in and out. But then that means that, again, you have to be willing to kind of do your own work with it Mm -hmm. and become the practicer of what you're facilitating a bit. Um, But the thing that caught my eye was the conversation that people often have about what's new. And we can often talk ourselves out because of old models of thought and programs, not realizing every single therapy we have has some form of structure, right? Mm-hmm. It is really just a lot of the times in my personal experience. What I've been able to do that EMDR has helped me to do was develop a new language on how I see the structure. Because I think for us, for many of us that are coming out of <laughs> yeah, know the master's programs, it it is just really who. So we want to do the pathway healing. We want to, and EMDR invites not only the clients we're serving, but it sends a big invitation for us as therapists as well to lean in. I
1: remembered what I was going to say. And I think that's beautiful when you're talking about leaning in and there's an essence, right? That we're, Mm. when we're with them. And there, you know, that's really what's gonna drive the information to process. And I think once we learn that after we're done that basic training and you have our papers, you know, we have our scripts and that connection, I had told my consultees, don't forget, it's about the connection. If you have your papers, it's fine. I still use my papers, (laughs) you know, the scripts (laughs) and the forms. Um, I also wanted to say that it helps me with the documentation. Um, come mm-hmm. at those phases because you can speak to exactly where you are what phase so that you know If my EMDR notes were reviewed they'd be at a higher clinical level um, mm-hmm. than my other notes because I can actually say we have you know 20 targets we're working on this target they started with this unit of distress it's reduced we did this intervention here's their thoughts and uh, this is what we did to close so I think also too that's really good to help me feel more comfortable with the notes I'm writing um there I want to kind of circle back for a second and Lizzie we were at the moment where you're EMDR trained you've done consulting can you walk us through how you were certified and the consultant journey to the trainer could you share with us about what that was like
2: sure absolutely so yes I got trained and I I kind of bought all in And I jumped in as a clinician with EMDR and and used it really regularly. Uh, And I took a lot of advanced trainings to learn more about how to use it with complex clients. And the, I would say kind of the unfortunate part of that journey was that certification was not made readily available. And so... It mm-hmm. took a long time for me to find a trainer that was open to others in a way that's conducive to learning right. and to having our nervous systems feel safe in a certification process. Mm-hmm. And so I, luckily I did find those people, It, but it took more time than I, I think it should.
1: I think that's a very important point because that was a similar experience to me you know i was publicly shamed in one of my consultation groups for asking a question and it was like if i can't come and ask these questions and you know that point that you said was really important and there was a question about that then i'm not gonna get it you know and i wanted to create and tamira i've talked about this a lot create a culture I want to create the culture of learning, invitation, and Lizzie, you do this very well. And I think those experiences, um, although while hard, still shape us and motivate us to create change. And if you're out there listening, you know, and you have one of those experiences, you know, we're open. Just know that there are people that we've got you, you know, that you don't have to go the harder way because sometimes we can get that belief, like it has to be hard to achieve my goals or you know, Tamira, I'm not worth it, or I don't matter, you matter, and we've got you, you know, you don't have to do the harder way, the more difficult way just to get to what you know works as well. So I think that's a very important point that you bring up there. Mm-hmm.
0: And I got to say this, and I thank you too, Lizzie, for sharing and speaking on what that looks like, because one of the things that I think that, you know, you beautifully gave voice to for many of us as therapists is the fact that we really are looking for safe spaces ourselves. And I think sometimes that's hard to speak out loud. And that's another thing that I'm I'm very grateful that what we're doing here and what we're all doing in the spaces we are building is to recognize how important um, having that space is and that it's a real, it's real you know, in that it's crucial. Or would you say mm-hmm. you that, that element was crucial to you getting to the space where you are, you know, at the height of your EMDR career?
2: Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent because I needed someone that had my back. And I think even at the recent Andrea summit, we were talking about how children don't learn well if they're scared and I think that that's true for all of us if we feel threat or we feel shame in an environment where we're supposed to be able to learn I think that impedes
0: the process
1: yes right that was like hot in my body right there so
0: that's a whole nother very beautiful very powerful and very needed conversation that I know some folks need to hear. Thank you. And some
2: understanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it means a lot.
1: When you were there, I think that's what it takes is to find your vulnerable people, but we can't just be vulnerable with everyone either. Like what Mm -hmm. we're talking about with our patients, like you have to find someone you can work with um, that you trust. And even if I make a mistake, it's okay right
2: yeah it's like oh
1: yeah that was a um uh, you know, I like to say what Lizzie says a cattywampus moment you know <laughs>
2: <laughs> my old soul word of the week <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: so you know it's okay to be you know cattywampus and not be always on and just have them come back and say you know what let's just start over and do it again
2: kind of that mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. there too. And I think that that's another beautiful thing that EMDR and going through the training gets to offer us and in relation to the body. And I want to ask you, Lizzie, right, because I'm learning and I'm sure, right, I have a delicious word on uh, uh, that I got to ask about, and it's the polyvagal, right? Yeah. Because earlier, I heard you mention, and you were talking about, you know, the somatic experience, you know, all that. And it's all of that language the same, uh when it comes to polybeigeor can you talk a little bit about what you learned along your journey about that and its role right. in how right. we're helping our clients
2: for sure absolutely so somatic i think is a broader term somatic is the body and and can relate to where things are held in our body in terms of trauma or how our trauma is expressed through our body and then when we're thinking about polyvagal theory, we're thinking about the nervous system and the vagus nerve. And so the vagus nerve runs from the brainstem to the base of the spine. And it's a fibrous nerve that touches organs in between that whole area. And so typically the vagus nerve's job is to help us remain regulated. However, when we experience trauma, that system gets overhauled and the vagus nerve needs help to stabilize. And so what we know is that EMDR helps that bilateral stimulation, helps to soothe that vagus nerve again, helps to allow our body to find an equilibrium. And that's how a lot of the EMDR preparation stabilization skills work is before we're jumping into this trauma work, we're doing really good bilateral left to right work to help that vagus nerve and the body start to learn how to be okay again.
1: You're saying something very important here um, after you had you know, I talked about at your training and i you know, I had knew about fight, flight or freeze or, you know, these different things, but the way that it's the same, but the way you're saying it makes more sense with the nerves and the body and the organs. And so I had a highly traumatized client from, you know, just lots of domestic violence invalidation, borderline mom, alcoholic father, those kinds of things. And I'd been working with her for a really long time. And, I um, had your video um, that uh, was one of the videos you shared in the training about the polyvagal. And I'm like, So I have something to share with you because she's highly regulate, dysregulated, and, you know, crisis of the week. I said, So before we start, I have this um, thing about your body and your nervous system. And she just looked at me with a deer and headlights, like, Oh my God, what are you going to do to me? And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay, this is just information so you can know mm-hmm. why behind what's happening. So there is a lot, can be a hot, lot of hypervigilance sometimes with people thinking about like, if I don't have this mechanism to protect mm-hmm. me and I reduce my arousal, then what? And she's working on it slowly. Resourcing phase two can be a little bit longer, but sometimes uh, the thought
2: of doing that uh, can really be intense for people. Yeah, Absolutely. And so talking about it as a natural mechanism and that we're not going to be doing it all at once, that it's a gradual process for healing, because that's another thing that I think is important in facilitating EMDR and thinking about EMDRs. It's not just doing really hard
0: trauma work.
2: One, we're doing gentle trauma work, and two, there's a lot of beautiful healing that happens even before that in the earlier phases i
1: think that's the difference one of the main differences for me with sort of the narrative therapy i worked with a, a person who had a lot of sexual abuse a teenager CBT protocol and just every time she come in there was there was some soothing stuff there um but the narrative that we had to continue to work on she knew it would be shared with her family it was just it, it mm-hmm. there's a place for tfcbt and i'm not saying that there's not or that emdr is a be-all end-all but um i think there's a place for those things where they don't have to be going through the narrative or that information because it can be really upsetting she was a trooper she did it you know i'm, I'm super happy that she was able to get there but i uh, i think there's a kinder way is for sure
0: hmm. and then you know and as we're talking and talking about all the 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 pot of gumbo models, <laughs> right? It's just a rainbow, a beautiful array of therapy models that we are able to select and use. And, you know, what I've discovered, and this is gonna be probably another conversation, because EMDR is just like that, right? It's just got so many beautiful, flexible, adaptable components that's a, that comes with it. Um, but for me, it was noticing the blend. Like, you know, even Kathy, when you were talking about narrative, the thing that I see with EMDR when we're working with the narrative is we're able to help our clients kind of not get stuck in it, right? We get to hear it and then it's almost because you know how sometimes, you know, we can just go and get stuck in the story and clients, we're just dealing with the mind, but we get to tell our clients, well, here's your story but you're Mm. not just a mental being you're not just a thinking being let's now move into talking about how does that feel Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we get to shift right and that's where we get like the emotional focus dance and so to me what I hear for us and this is a thing and a value I think we all do is a beautiful perspectives and how we're able to blend and marry that and it mirrors EMDR so beautifully that that's my that was that's my take on it from the angle where I'm sitting today, right? Mm-hmm. And helping us that are looking at that plan, but looking at how EMDR, you know, it's not the be-all, we know that, mm-hmm. right? But it does complement most of the therapies we have been introduced to in a very powerful and, and holistic way.
1: So I think as we think about that, um, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we love EMDR, sort of those processes, because Lizzie said you can have a lot of healing before then. So Lizzie, after you were certified, can you share sort of when you began marinating this idea of training and how that was for you? I know that you said it took you a year to write the curriculum. We took every Monday off to just devote to our learning and education. Can you share with us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So In the certification process, I was able to work with a really kind, newer EMDR therapist who wanted people to succeed, and that was really powerful for me, and then being able to work with a consultant for training, it, it almost flowed naturally for me in that because once I had an even better understanding of EMDR, I wanted others to have that same understanding and be able to implement it well. And so it was it was an opportunity to provide support. I couldn't treat every client right. EMDR, and I wanted to be able to help others do it too.
1: So the moment you submitted that, your application for a trainer and you started writing the <clears throat> Talk to us about that journey and the emotions and the
2: excitement,
1: because it's all conceptual before you actually deliver it. So can you share what that was like?
2: Sure, absolutely. So I was a consultant in training and assisting with trainings with a wonderful training institute and the Trauma Institute and Child Trauma Institute with Ricky Greenwald and Annie Monaco. And they were very open and allowed me to assist with their trainings. I also took a trainer's training at that point and started to think about how I would want to be trained as a therapist mm-hmm. and wrote my curriculum from both the both evidence-based standpoint as well as the human standpoint. And so it includes my advanced trainings and things and how to heal complex trauma But I made sure that it had that element of, if I'm going to receive this training, I'm going to leave as a therapist who knows how to be an EM therapist and can start using it, the clients that I see every day. And so I, I think that was the biggest part is taking more and more trainings as I went and how to incorporate that in a succinct delivery that still is true to Francine Shapiro's original content and allows us to use EMDR in the manner that it's meant to be.
1: Yeah, and I think what you were saying, the word succinct, um, stuck out to me because I was trained and I got, you know, every weekend <coughs> I got books that were this thick. You know, if you can't see my fingers, it's about a half inch to an inch thick. And just going through that process, it was just overwhelming. And when I assisted with your trainings, um, you helped really um, take out some of the guessing of what interventions and what protocols and how to write your targets and how to go through the treatment that I just took back to my my session, and it helped with those um, people with you know talk therapy types of people that would come in with a crisis. Were pause that, and you know, I've been seeing these for a long time. We're going to do the targets. And I did that yesterday with a client that I've been seeing and we got like 25 targets. And I was like, I had no idea this was all in there. You know, mm-hmm. um, it gave me clarity, um, to be able to help him understand, um, how to get through the material in a very, um, objective way.
2: Yeah. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you hear someone has 25 targets, right, and we have lots that have even more trauma related stress events or experiences of shame or anxiety or embarrassment or whatever it may be. That sounds really overwhelming, I think, and it is overwhelming for clients, too. But with the MDR, you have that roadmap with the MDR. We know that we don't have to target every single one. And then we don't have to talk about all the details of all of them, that we can let our brain and our body go through this kind of treatment plan, right? That does have structure in that way, but in a very human way as well.
1: And when I started asking him about his targets and his adverse life experiences, he had them all on his phone. He just read them to me. Boom, 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 boom. So he was ready, you know. And mm-hmm. so that was super cool to help him feel like he had a place he could come. He didn't have to literally carry those around anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. That is so amazing. I love that part, you know. And if I can say this, I, I, you know, we all have been on that journey going through the grad school trying to find your lane I know for me my LPC supervisor she was a holistic therapist Mm -hmm. and specifically serving women with trauma and travel did all this thing was doing lots of amazing things and the one thing she would always share with me she would say I cannot tell you what your path is you're gonna have to discover it so I always feel like I was talking to like a real deep shaman or something yeah like like Yoda like Yoda Yeah. yeah like okay, sensei, or okay, you know, so here I am on this treasure hunt. And it took me um, from 2018, all the way to, well, three years, just to discover what she then also unveiled was my therapeutic identity. She said, you got to know what you're becoming. And so that was such a struggle, right? Because we, I came with my own story and my own stuff and not realizing that really does also kind of show up in the work. The helping we do and that it really is, unfortunately, we were told before, no, stop, don't, don't show any emotion, but don't do yes. it. Okay. And then, then you get into a therapy, a holistic yeah. therapy that introduces you to what I love that Dr. Shapiro says and you know, it, the quotes on her conversations change quite a bit, but one thing she said was how beautiful, organic, and natural. Mm. And that's what I love. As being mm-hmm. a therapist in our day and time and helping people to go back to the old path of slow down, be still. Yeah. Notice. <laughs> I have and have people that uh, move here yeah.
1: uh, to Idaho from other states and places. And they're like, the first time I was here, I was behind a tractor and I'm coming from California. <laughs> but yeah, the pace is really slow out here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to um, just give Lizzie a a chance to add any closing comments. We're about ready to close or Tamira, any additional uh, nuggets that you're curious about. Do you have anything for the new therapist, EMDR therapist, or someone that's considering being trained? Um, I know what I would say is, you know, find your tribe, find your people, find the ones that see you. Um, What would you Mm. all say?
2: Yeah, I think it is about trusting your gut and your nervous system. And so if you feel drawn to a particular cohort of people or if you have some type of intuition that's coming up about needing something different or if you're feeling burnout and, and you're wanting something that will rejuvenate, to trust whatever your instincts are, to listen to whether it's about EMDR and and seeking a training or if it's with your client and not being sure if this is the right intervention or whatever it is, if you can develop that trust in yourself and your body, I think that 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 does so much for yourself and for your client.
1: That was well said, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it just is, Take your time, listen to your body, and discover your path, what therapy model. And if your curiosity is leaning you towards EMDR, today you know you got a group of people, communities, Rewired 360 you can look up Liz, and you there are people who are here to help and support, but give yourself permission to make the connection so you don't do it alone.
1: And create a culture, looking for that culture that you want, um, you know, as you have, may have had a negative experience, I say, look at the disconfirming experience, find a trainer or person that disconfirms what you previously thought or experienced and go with them. And what I think is beautiful is, you know, Lizzie said, Hey, you know, do you want to work with me? And I had to think about it. And I was like, I don't know. And then I went back and I'm like, fine, I'll do it. You know, because <laughs> I was so nervous you know and she was gave me a lot of grace and tamira beautifully found me you know so just continue doing what you're doing and your people will come but i think we really have to be intentional uh with the the things that we have to do to get to where we want to be on those paths and people that support us and get us um so that we don't have to feel like we could do it alone cuz getting through this EMDR journey can feel sometimes like I have no idea what I'm doing and I felt that. And so I think we're all here on the same page. So we certainly appreciate your expertise. Uh, Lizzie, you're so knowledgeable. I'm so proud of you for taking that plunge. And all Thank all you. The trainings. I think you said you've now trained over 60 EMDR clinicians and you're spreading your light. You're going to Bali. Um, you're mm-hmm. doing all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, I'm super excited to see where your journey takes you and, uh, Tamir and I are just going to continue over here doing what we're doing, building our, stuff, yeah. doing our podcast,
2: you know, <clears throat> support out Well, and I'm we excited do. to do that together to be on this journey where we can support each other. Even if all of our goals don't align, we can find common ground and, you know, spread yeah. this, this good stuff.
1: And that's what we're all about. I mean, no matter what our roles are, you know, we can have a mission, a shared mission, and Tamira beautifully said it. We have seasoned a new therapists here to build your practices. And that's what we're all about. You know, you might be in a different role. I had to do some self-searching about my role. What do I want to do? And it's a work in progress. Um, but we're all here together to talk about it in real conversations that matter. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: our audience is listening today, we want you to join us uh, at journey uh through the eyes every week i, I we're hoping it'll you know, launch here soon um uh, but we're we're getting things ready so uh thank you lizzie for coming today and uh tamara you can uh do what you do girl
0: <laughs> well we are so grateful thank you lizzie it was, was a pleasure in meeting you today and thank you so much for sharing your time your story and your wisdom with us no, on no. Today. And so we're here to inform, inspire and ignite the passion for EMDR therapists, both the new and the season. So go on and subscribe to our podcast. Be a part. Here's your invitation. Come along with us on this amazing uh, journey that we are truly dedicated to facilitating healing, growth and transformation among us all. So we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you, everyone. We'll see you.
0: Bye bye.